Welcome to the SG Engage podcast, where it's all social good all the time. Sit back and relax as the brightest minds from across the social good community engage with trends, big ideas, and best practices to help you drive impact. Today's episode features an excerpt from a BlackBot webinar on proactively working with your board during a crisis, featuring Tanya Fitzgerald, Senior Marketing Manager at BlackBot, and a frequent guest on this podcast. After listening to the episode, click on the link in the show notes to access the full webinar and learn more about strategies for communicating with and empowering your board during a crisis. Okay. So focusing a little more on the board of director role during a crisis and how together y'all can best handle your strategies to continue your mission. Let's start. It's a good idea to use a crisis cycle to communicate the stages that your organization is currently in. This is going to actually allow the board to have a clear understanding of what's been done, what's currently going on, what current message you're sending out right now, and then what's actually left to be done during a crisis. Here's an example that I pulled. I like this one. It's got six stages. I feel like there's a lot in here for organizations. You have the early warning stage, the escalation stage, the decrease stage, the stabilization stage, the recovery stage and the cultural shift stage. Let's dive into these a little bit deeper. Okay, so each of the six of these stages, they're going to vary in length. They can range from a few days to a couple months. It really just depends on the crisis, right? So consider these six phases for crisis transformation and how your organization will be affected in the best case, the likely case, and the worst case scenario. Then you're going to want to plan communication strategies and tactics to educate, influence, and inspire your board members. So let's break these down a little bit more to get a better idea of each stage. So the early warning stage is when many organizations take that wait-to-see approach. You know, during the current crisis we have going on, late-acting companies, they couldn't even find masks, gloves, sanitizer, toilet paper, crazy items that you wouldn't even think of. This isn't the approach that you really want to take. You're going to want to take that what-if approach. You're going to want to be prepared during the first warning sign. Then you have the escalation phase. This is when we stay home without knowing how the crisis is going to even evolve. During this stage, the nature for anxiety is going to be high. Communication is extremely important during this stage. But you're also at the same time going to want to be extra sensitive since people are actually dealing with this unknown. Now, as the crisis decreases, a new sense of hope can be reflected in your approach and messaging. But you're going to want to be careful because we just don't know, you know, what's going to happen later with the crisis. You never know when that's going to end, or you're never going to listen to possibly spike again. So just be careful with this messaging. But hopefulness is always great and comforting. So during the stabilization stage, this is where you got the new rules for work, your new social engagement rules. It's going to make it complicated on how you're bringing people back to work and to the office. There are so many questions during this stage. How will you keep your supporters safe? How will you make standard operating procedures different or changing them or keeping them the same even? Here is where you need extensive communication for each step of the way to support morale and ensure compliance at the same time. That's tricky, right? So moving on to the recovery phase, This is when you're actually going to get higher than normal traffic on your website and social media pages. This is a great time for you to inform people about, you know, your new hours, the systems that you're putting in place, inform your volunteers and your staff. 
about how you're supporting the organization and changes that you're making. But at the same time, as well as to the community. The community is actually going to be receptive to this information more so than they normally were. Information they used to tune out, they're focusing on now. So you're going to want to take advantage of this and over-communicate, again, your successes and your struggles for your organization during this time because you're going to be getting a lot more attention on your website and social media pages. This is a great time to expose that. And then we have the cultural shift change. This is when you have new tools and new rules and procedures necessary to bring supporters in and transition to the new normal. This is challenging as well. So basically, a two-way line of communication with your board is critical through each one of these stages. During the resolution stage, communication should be simple and declarative and provide reassurance, confidence, and stability. And your board can actually help you guide through this crisis cycle. But it's really helpful for the board to always know, okay, which stage are we in? All right, what's our message? It makes it more streamlined and a lot cleaner to the community, your staff, volunteers, board, everybody. Okay, so here are some of the top areas that an organization is going to focus on during a crisis. You have your mission, right, your brand, that you're trying to stabilize financially. You're struggling to increase exposure since it's been limited by the crisis with, you know, the in-person visits and the events. So what kind of healthy opportunities are out there that are creative enough to help with the financial stability and exposure of your organization? Then you have your staff that you're trying to, you know, keep safe, communicate your decisions to, comfort during this time, and figure out what changes to the near future are semi-permanent and then ones that maybe don't have an expiration date. On top of all of that, you're trying to keep your supporters safe when they come into your location, right? Communicate your plan and make them feel safe enough to come visit. You're trying to also share your empathy and understanding throughout the community. And again, share what you've decided about temporary, semi-permanent, permanent changes. So this is a lot of pressure on y'all. Lots of decisions to be made and questions to be answered, and your board is your resource on this. Okay, so let's break this down a little bit more and give you all some examples. I'm not going to leave you hanging just with the last slide. So starting with financial stability, your board has a lot of impact here, right? Your concern of survival and the length of time the revenue will be smaller than normal is valid. You want to make sure, again, that your board is at 100% giving. This is important actually during a normal year, much less this year. So look at any lapsed pledges that need to be fulfilled. Most of the time when a pledge is lapsed, a payment is lapsed, the board member is just really not aware. Just give them a friendly reminder. Get them back on track to that pledge payment. And any additional donations from your board that they can possibly give at this time, ask for additional gifts. They're expecting that during a crisis. You can also try for state funding that you wouldn't normally receive. There are emergency relief funds out there that are being developed, and your organization could actually qualify, and a member of your board might be able to help streamline those efforts. And events. I know this is a hard word this year, but events are still happening, and people are still participating. Virtual events are on the rise. It's easy to plan a virtual golf tournament. Supporters can participate wherever they live during the golf tournament. It's a low-hanging fruit. But in-person events are actually happening as well. So if y'all actually want to learn more about a virtual golf tournament, ping me after this, email me after this. I can send you a plan on how to do it. It's a great low-hanging fruit. But don't forget that depending on the location and the setup, 
in-person events are actually still an option. I will say I went to a gala three weeks ago, and it went really well. I wasn't too close to anybody. I didn't feel in jeopardy of, of catching anything. It was actually done well, and it was a success. So don't forget that in-person events are still happening. They're not completely gone, but that a virtual event is also there. And I can send you information on virtual events if you would like after this. So moving to exposure. Here you want to figure out how to keep your mission in the forefront of your community's mind, right? This is tricky because at the same time, you want to be tasteful and sensitive to what's going on. Think of ways that your organization can stand out from others. What is so special about your mission? What would get people's attention? This is going to take some creative thinking, but you can get press coverage if you do it right. You know, support or recognition by just thinking outside the box. I have some examples for you on the next slide, uh, but I wanted to bring up exposure on this one as well. Okay, so healthy opportunities. This is linked somewhat to the financial stability. There are ways that you can uncover opportunities that wouldn't normally be successful during a normal year. So peer-to-peer -peer fundraising is a wonderful tool to help sustain your mission virtually. When friends ask friends to donate, they do. This is where all those virtual walks are coming in. Any activity that a donor or board member can do while getting their family and friends to support their efforts, peer gold, especially with board members. You're putting them in funny instances. They're making them do funny things online. They challenge each other. Literally creative opportunities to get your mission exposed to their network. So moving on to safety. The board can really help you with your safety plan. Sometimes it's easier for a slightly removed party to help with ideas or even share what they've seen at other organizations that's worked or not worked. So once the reopening strategy is planned, then you're going to need to launch the information to your community and make sure your number one advocates, your board, are talking it up and you're sharing the community, you're taking all the precautions necessary. And then there's communication. This is a hard one, but it's best really to share all of the knowledge that you can regarding your staff and your facility to the community. It's just honestly always better to be straightforward and honest. People really react to that best. That one's pretty simple, even though at the same time it can be a little hard. So moving on to comfort and understanding. When people return, they're going to be a little nervous. Everyone's on edge, right? The staff, as well as your members, your supporters, everybody. We just need to make sure that we're flexible and compassionate. None of us have ever gone through this before, and we just really need to remember that and change it. You know, honestly, it's better to invoke strict guidelines versus lenient ones. If you're not sure what to do, look at your competitors, see what's worked for them, see what hasn't, ask their board for their guidance. This is what they're there for. 